Welcome everyone to the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast. The podcast that gets you where you need to be for your fantasy team. Now, please welcome your hosts, Sean and Mikey Rock. What is up, GCF fam? It is your boy, Sean, here. Yes, I am back, baby. Order is restored. The star of the show is back in the building. Call me Reggie Jackson because I am the straw that stirs the drink. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mikey Rock, and this is the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast. Mike, fresh off of holding it down all by himself last week. Talk to me. Tell me how you're feeling, kid. Uh, I'm feeling great, Sean. It's great to have you back. Uh, I missed you dearly. Uh, I'm glad, you know, nothing crazy happened. Uh, you're still here with us on planet Earth. Yeah, so no. Unfortunately, as much as I do love cocaine and have done a lot of it, I wasn't in rehab. Um, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, <laughs> you know, even though, even though, man, I wish I had an, I wish I could afford, I always thought, I wish I could afford to be addicted to coke. Because it's so fucking expensive. I wish I could afford to have a drug problem. So I don't know how you people out there do it. But um, as always with the real Grand Central Fantasy Podcast, we are brought to you by our Patreon, baby. That's what I'm fucking talking about. The Grand Central Fantasy Patreon. Make sure you subscribe. We got, uh, Mike, how many subscribers we have now? We have a decent amount, surprisingly. Um, Way more. Yeah, we have close to 20 now. Yeah, way more than fantasy schmohawk or whatever fucking that asshole. Remember that guy when we first started and he yelled at us? He was like, oh, th- this is for my patrons. Like, don't answer these questions. I was like, shut the fuck up. You have like two patrons. <laughs> um, and he blocked I don't us. I don't remember him. It was a long time ago, bro. It was it was it was, when we, it was when we first started. It was like Fantasy Chief or something. If you guys follow the Fantasy Chief, make sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but make sure you go on Patreon. Like I said, if you listen to us, you already know. Uh, you probably already subscribe, um, or you're on the verge of subscribing. Like our boy Dylan, um, who might got to subscribe. Was it Dylan? That, Dylan, right? Dylan. The, the, yeah, we got. Oh, yep, yeah. Dylan. I got Dylan. We reeled him in last week. We got him. We got him. But in all seriousness, <laughs> Mike did a great job last week on his podcast, Solo Pod. Um, we're going to take some pieces of what he did last week because, frankly, it got really good um, reception from everybody. We're really going to cover these fucking bullshit injuries. Um, but, you know, honestly, we got to give the people what they came for. Mike, take it away. Who I'm very interested to see who were put in respect on their names this week, because there's one guy in particular that really deserves some respect. So I hope you have him in there. So take it away. Well, first I'm going to say, um, I don't have Derek Henry on my respect column because like literally he should be on the respect column every week. Like I'm going to start my own Derek Henry podcast. So I can't put him on every week. I got to show some other people respect. So I'm just going to throw that out there at first. Let's get shit started with my boy, 
Matty fucking Stafford. And Stafford cradled the Giants like a fucking baby, Sean, and had him sucking from his tit in blowout fashion. 250-plus yards, four passing touchdowns to add to his season total of, I believe, 1,800-plus yards, 16 touchdowns, and four interceptions. 16 touchdowns. That's just in six games. You think the winless giant, uh, Lions are regretting this? Guess who my guy, L.A. Maddie faces week seven. That's right, Motown. And that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to mow down the town in Detroit, put some fucking respect on Stafford's name. Next, we got Jonathan Taylor. It took some time. Let's go. Coach and staff had to get their heads out of their asses, but Taylor was the best running back Tuesday and had the highest scoring, was the highest scoring back well before, you know, Derrick Henry played. Uh, he's the highest scoring back in the past three weeks combined. He had two plays over 75 yards, and he made his father, Sean, proud. Two touchdowns on the day for Taylor. The passing game is finally coming around for the Colts, which I think is starting to open up the Russian attack even more. Put some respect on Sean Jr.'s name. Next, we got Leonard Fournette. When you hear this big man's name, you better be putting fucking respect on it, okay? Before the season, we were talking how you have to stay away from Buccaneers running backs. Well, you know what? Fournette has, he's been the third best running back these past three weeks, and he's 11th overall in PPR on the season. He was going in the seventh to eighth round in most leagues, and now he's like a, he's a legit RB1. And oh, how the fucking tides have changed. Um, this past week, he fucking had a violent outlash, 81 yards, two rushing touchdowns, and a season high, six catches. Did I mention, Sean, he's top five in targets for running backs on the year? Jack of all motherfucking trades. Put some respect on playoff Lenny's name. Next, we got Cooper Cup. Ooh. Cooper fucking Cup. I love this man, okay? They should have a fucking whole religion made after him. He's a fucking fantasy football guy. Cup's performance this past Sunday, it was like prime Mike Tyson got in the ring with Justin Bieber and fucked him up. It was like... It's like watching a NASCAR race where they just fucking crashed the whole time instead of driving in circles for hours. It, it was like Randy Moss, Moon, Joe Buck, like you did in that playoff game, and then Randy Moss just fucking kicked him in the goddamn nuts. It was must-watch, feel-good entertainment. It was that fucking good. It was orgasmic. Cup, two touchdowns in the game for the third time this year. He leads the league in touchdowns, targets, and he's tied um, in first with receptions. Put some respect on C. Cup's name. Last but not least, we're going with C.D. Lamb. Oh, okay. Yeah, C.D. That's right. That um, you know, that Cowboys game was just fucking pure entertainment. You know, I was on the edge of my seat. It was throwing. It was awesome. Cowboys and Lamb, they had the last laugh um, when Dak hit C.D. for a 35-yard game-winning touchdown in overtime. He waved right in that piece of shit's face at the end of the game. I don't know if you saw Sean. He was bye. That was fu- oh my god! I fucking loved it. I was bathing in all the fucking Belichick's tears right after that. It it felt great. Nine catches, hundred forty nine yards, two touchdowns. Ladies and gentlemen, the number one scoring wide receiver in the week, in week six. LeBron James said it best. I want my damn respect, and CD Lamb does too. Love it, bro. Love it. Shout out LBJ. Fuck LeBron. Fuck LeBron. But. I do like these picks a lot. I mean, obviously, C.D. Lamb, it's kind of weird in the Cowboys offense. It's kind of, it seems like to me, it's going to be whoever 
wide receiver, like whatever day it is for them, like they take turns on who like goes off, it seems. And, you know, this was CD's turn. I love that they did it versus the Patriots. Um, I think they're better when they're getting the ball to Lamb. And I think they got to really prioritize that a lot more. I think they're open to having Dak kind of spread it around the field. But listen, mm-hmm. get the fucking ball to Lamb, bro. Like this is what it is. I mean, the national media – and uh, fucking NFL Instagram it can act like the Patriots are still a dynasty and act like fucking Mac and Cheese Jones is like doing anything. Dude, do you follow, do you follow them on Instagram, the NFL? Uh, yes, I do. Bro, oh no, not on Instagram, on Twitter. Well, they go on, they put up a video that it was like Mac Jones needed a touchdown. And it's like a zoomed in picture of him, like on the bench, like looking all zo- like, zoned out like like in the zone or whatever he looked like a fucking idiot bro and and like he goes and he scored a touchdown and then they ended up fucking losing they want to make mac jones the next brady so fucking bad like they do i I cannot stand him but fuck him i love cd lamb cup is the man stafford the two of them go hand in hand i love how cup he had like two down weeks for him and people are like oh should Mm -hmm. we trade him it's like dude relax like he's gonna be fine like Still love Cup. If you can go get him, I would say, yeah. I mean, we're really hitting trade season coming up, Mike. So, um, you know, we got to keep an eye on that. But real quick, obviously, Jonathan Taylor's the GOAT. Um, you know, we saw that come in, told you to go buy him if you could because he was coming cheap after the first couple weeks. Um, he's a slow starter. He's going to be – he could arguably be top three player next year, I would say. I feel comfortable saying – even with that slow start that he goes through. So just keep that in mind. But Mike, with Fournette, is this sustainable? Um, It's really hard, man, because like I, I mentioned, Tampa Bay Buccaneer running backs, it's always a crapshoot with them. You know, la- just look at last year. One week, you know, we're, we see Fournette go off, and we're like, all right, he's going to go off again, and then it's Rojo's week. But um, you're starting to see consistency with Fournette, and I brought up the the targets. If you look at him, if you look at him, um, from the passing standpoint, like Brady keeps looking his way, throwing at him. And it's not just like one game. It's been like pretty consistent throughout. Um, I, I want to say the last four, maybe five weeks. Mm-hmm. And I mean, let's not forget in Jacksonville, he had a hundred target season over there right before he got let go. So I think it's sustainable. I mean, it's working for them, obviously, Um, at, at least for those, these past three weeks, it's been working. So I, I I mean, if you drafted him, touche to you. You got a fucking stud running back. He's a uh, running back 11, I believe I said right now. I think it's sustainable. I mean, I think it is too. I look, I'm look. i looking at their schedule right now, and they're at home versus Chicago this week. Then they're in New Orleans. Then we see the bye. But like right off the bye, man, fucking week 10, Washington. Their defense fucking sucks. sucks. Giants, Giants next up. Indianapolis, I'm not crazy about them. Week 13, they're at Atlanta, going to tear that up. Week 14, we saw how that looked um, last night for Henry. Like, I I love that too. Then they play New Orleans again, which will be the fantasy playoffs. And the last two weeks, which would be the semifinals and the fantasy final, week 16 and 17 this year with the extra game. In week 16, they're at Carolina, which their defense, I mean, there's no crazy good defense in the league, as we've talked about a million times this year. But then week 17, they're at New York to face the Jets. And the Jets have a better defense than people think, but I mean, they can they still give up shit. You know what I'm saying? So the schedule looks good. 
I'm not worried about Ronald Jones at all. Like, I, I don't care about that. I like Fournette. I would go try to target him. I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, you're probably going to be overpaying now, but this is a guy who is finally playing the game. We're seeing the guy that was taken, what was he taken, like fourth overall out of LSU. And like, this mm-hmm. is the game he played, like getting these targets. Like the Jaguars, surprise, surprise, just can't handle a fucking guy like him you know what i'm saying it's like they're a trash organization uh you know they bring in urban meyer who is like fingering 20 year old girls up at the bar rather than like figuring out how to win a fucking game um they they won though right didn't the jaguars win yeah they won bro and fucking uh, overtime dude we were that game was awesome actually too i fucking i i was i felt happy for them you know because they've lost 20 straight games and i was like all right enough's enough i I picked the jaguars too and uh and one of my pick'em leagues that helped me win some money this week too. So I hate out. Urban Meyer so much that I like want them to like lose every fucking game. Like I don't care if they go like zero and seventeen or whatever. Yeah, but, but it was uh, the Dolphins, so it was fun. Oh yeah, that's what it is, dude. People are asked like, is people are messaging me about the game. They're like, oh, Gaskin sucks, and I was like, yeah, I know, but like he just had a good game. I like totally forgot that it was like nine thirty in the morning. And- I forgot they were in London. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, fuck these London games, by the way. Like, they oh, got to so go, dude. They're not going anywhere. DJ, uh, Roger Goodell's all about the bread. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about the money, bro. And, you know, you're going to be some, flying out when the Jets move to London. Take uh, some respect off uh, Roger Goodell right now and London games right off the bat. And it's the same shtick every time. Like, oh, they show the London Bridge and the fucking... You know, oh, tea and crumpets. Isn't it crazy? We're in London. Like, yeah, dude, nobody, like, nobody cares, bro. Nobody cares. <laughs> Jerry cares. Jer- oh, yeah. Oh, my bad. Jerry, fuck. Yeah, Jerry, my bad, dude. Yeah, I take it all back for Jerry, man. I if got you- your bad, Jerry. You know, I always <laughs> got your bad, Jerry. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't know who our guy Jerry is, he's one of our great patrons. Um, you could have a very close friendship like Jerry does with us. If you do subscribe to us on Patreon. Um, but Mike, listen, I, I got to commend you. You did a good job last week trying to take respect off names, but this just isn't, this just not your style. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. I know. It's not I your style. And that's okay. Not, not everybody has like this festering negativity that lives deep down inside them like me. And, you know, at least I can put it to use in some capacity. Um, so like I said, like I always say in the mortal words of Lloyd Banks, fuck living positive because negativity spreads faster, baby. It's time to take some respect off these motherfuckers names and we're gonna start with mike's boy mike mikey rocks boy I almost used your last name didn't want to get you fired for this job <laughs> miles gaskin oh, baby. mike's boy five carries for nine yards two receptions for six yards i missed the pod after he came out big and uh, when he had those 10 receptions and everybody's fucking come in their pants, like, oh my God, Gaskin, oh, you guys told me not to start Gaskin. Well, yeah, dude, he didn't get over five points any week in fantasy. So I'm always going to tell you not to start a guy like that. And look what happens. Boom. Gaskin fucking sucks. Shit the bed uh, in a, apparently a great game in London that I totally missed. Um, <laughs> we got Mike Williams. Listen, Mike, there's big Mike and then there's fat Mike. This week, we got Fat Mike. Two receptions on five targets for 27 yards. Nobody likes likes a Fat Mike. 
he was injured, I guess, knee injury. People were like, oh, is he going to be a decoy? And I'm like, yeah, maybe. But like, you got to start him because he's been one of the best wide receivers in the league this year. Take some respect off Fat Mike's name until he gets back to being Big Mike. We cannot trust him. Um, who do the Chargers play this week, Mike? Ah, uh, fuck. I just had it in front of me, too. Chargers are playing. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Patriots. Uh, or no, that's Halloween. Are, are they on a bye week? They're on a bye week. Okay. So yes. next week, so on Halloween, God, they are going to milk the shit out of this fucking game. Patriots at Chargers on Halloween. They're going to go fucking crazy. Um, oh, Daniel Jones really needed a touchdown versus uh, Justin Herbert. Um so we're going to see with Mike Williams, see if he feels better. But honestly, man, I think he'll be okay. But after this week, take some respect off his fucking name. This is a guy where this is another dud. We we got to be careful with him. Next up, we got your my boy, actually, Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Danny Dimes. Mike. Danny four, Dimes, baby. Four total turnovers and zero touchdowns last week. Mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible performance. Um, you know, this is a guy who should not be your starter. I like him as like if you're streaming quarterbacks, oh, Daniel Jones has a good matchup here. Let's play him. But don't trade for Daniel Jones and be like, yeah, I made it, bro. I, I got my quarterback because that is not it, dude. He, he's fucking concussed out there throwing a fucking nobody. Uh, my boy <laughs> Kenny G. My boy Kenny G is hurt. He was throwing to Sterling Shepard like crazy, but it's like yes. at that point when they started covering him, it's like, all right, dude, who are you going to throw to? If I hear another fucking word about this Catavius Tony guy or whatever, I mean, Jerry Rice. What is his name? I'm pretty sure it's Kadarius, but Kadarius Tony. This guy. Oh, you had a mic moment right there, dude. Honestly, maybe. Oh, yeah. Sorry to the one guy who was like, yo, can you pronounce the names right for me, dude? Don't fucking listen, bro. All right. Because this isn't like ESPN. <laughs> Apparently, this isn't ESPN level quality. And we'll get to ESPN in a minute. Yeah. Kadarius Tony. Maybe, Mike, maybe it's because we're in like the. Um, New York market and I listen to sports radio all the time after the Dallas game. And I get it. Like you would have thought this Kadarius Tony guy was like the next fucking Terrell Owens. And then, Oh, what a surprise. He gets hurt and fucking sucks that literally the next week when (laughs) so much money on him in free agency and like their number one waiver wire pick, like everybody relax. Daniel Jones sucks. The Giants fucking blow. Take some respect off all of them. Um, to all you guys that drafted Saquon, haha, I told you. Uh, Mike, I wasn't here for the podcast last week, but um, Saquon's thighs suck. You were starting <laughs> to get back on the bandwagon. You got fucking um, shit on. Oh, and uh, your boy Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I'm remembering now, injured, sucks. Take some respect off Clyde Edwards Hilaire's name. Um, back in the basement, back in the attic. Um, Next up, we got Big Ben. Mike, RIP to Assface, your former boy. That was um, dead ass my boy, bro. It's over for old Assface. That was my club buddy. Seven touchdowns in six games. Gross, dude. Mm. Gross. Mm. Um, you know, it's over for him. Not much more to say. Uh, I still like Deontay a lot. Um, even Claypool looks way better than I thought he would. And honestly, I'm glad Juju's out for the year. Um, because it's just too much, dude. They, we don't need all three of them. They should have never re-signed him. He should have went to Baltimore. It, what a waste of career. I mean, fight on USA, but he's done. Fuck Juju. Next up, first and, and finally, first, 
this has been upsetting me for a while, Mike, and this might upset a lot of I don't know. I, I don't think our listeners will care will care, but I'm just gonna be honest, dude. These Monday night football announcers, it it's specifically the ESPN announcers always. Each year, no matter who it is, they find new ways to piss me off, right? And it's the national media in general, but it is honestly ESPN a lot. So you were watching the game last night. When the guy, the offensive lineman for Tennessee got hurt, right? Yeah. Did you see that and they cart him off the field? Yes. Dude, I get it. He's very popular in Tennessee, It's like, you know, he's got that podcast with Barstool. Like, I'm sure he's a great guy, right? These announcers are acting like he just got assassinated on the field talking about like thoughts and prayers for his family and shit. Dude, I'm sorry. Correct me if I'm wrong. The average football fan, when they see an injury, it's their first thought is get the fuck up. Get up field. I don't need another fucking commercial. I'm Absolutely. not thinking about this guy's kids. I don't get if he's dead, roll his body off the fucking field and let's start playing fucking football. Okay. I can't do this shit anymore, bro. They have these guys like, you know, thoughts and prayers. You, you got it. Like, like they stop the game for like 20 fucking minutes. They roll him off. He puts his hand up. Everybody comes their pants. And then literally 20 minutes later, oh, he's walking up and down. He's walking in the fucking uh, locker room, guys. He's fine. He might even play next week. The drama, <laughs> fucking drama. They love this shit. I CSPI, want yeah, dude. when the Jets are playing, I want like <laughs> the opposing quarterback to like break his, like tear his ACL and like be out. Like, you know what happened to Alex Smith? Like how he almost died. Like I want that to happen to Tom Brady every week. I'm rooting for injuries. Do you not root for injuries? Is it just me? I don't really root for injury. I mean, during a game, I hate injuries because like you said, I'm the king of it. I've always said, just roll the motherfucker off the field. You're three inches from the sideline. Like, why are we doing this? Just roll him like twice, roll his body twice. And he's literally like four feet away from the field. Dude, but that's I, what I'm saying. You root for injuries. Oh, God. And like, maybe, maybe I'm just a bad person, which like, I'll take that. But I think there's <laughs> a large, to. there's a large faction of people out there. I like, like ESPN and like these major media companies, it's a bigger conversation, but like they live in this little bubble where like all these people, oh, no fan should ever like really get mad at their team for losing or no fan should really ever hate a player personally. Like, dude, nobody hates Tom Brady more than me. Like, fuck Tom Brady. If if they, if news broke tomorrow that, I, I'm going to be honest here. If news broke tomorrow that Tom Brady died, it would not affect my life at all. I would genuinely be happy, okay? If you don't like that, I don't care. If I saw Tom Brady die on the field, I would tell my kids, yo, this crazy day I saw Tom Brady die on the field and it was fucking awesome. I wouldn't like go home and cry. And not saying everybody's like that, but I do think there's a large faction out there and I'm giving a voice to the voiceless. Shout out Kyrie Irving. And Mike, real quick, Did you hear them call Janoris Jenkins Jackrabbit Jenkins? I was going to bring that up to you. I was going to see if you heard it like once or twice. Jackrabbit. They're going to Jackrabbit. Jackrabbit Jenkins. Dude, and he's getting lit up the entire (laughs) fucking time. Dude, Jackrabbit Jenkins, bro. He's a Jackrabbit. Come on. Dude, they Monday Night Football tries so hard. They try so hard with Showtime Mahomes. But I remember that they're like, it's Showtime Mahomes, and it's like they try to make nicknames. They try, they try too to hard, bro. They're just trying too hard. 
Just like go back to the basics. That's what it is, man. All right. Let's just, I mean, let's just ha- you okay, man? Yeah, dude. If I mean, I definitely went too far. I always just try to put just <laughs> wish too it hard on uh, on people over there. I gotta say, dude. I I don't. I hope I hear from people in the DMs because I know it'll probably be too risky for you to say it out loud on Twitter. But DM me and let me know. If you agree with me that you legitimately root for injuries, maybe sometimes deaths. Like, like, dude, okay. not to, I'm going off the rails here. No, go for it. Aaron Rodgers. You saw Aaron Rodgers when he scored that touchdown? Oh, my. That was like one of the, my, the best moments of my life. When he Love it. And I, yeah. and I love Rodgers. He's one of my favorite players. I love like the Packers, that whole thing. You're telling me, dude, if you're not a hardcore Bears fan, like old school Bears fan, you don't want to see Aaron Rodgers dead that instant. Yeah. You're telling me there's not people out there that want to see him fucking die on the field. I would have slammed my beer as quickly as I can <laughs> and threw it as hard as I can and hope it like glass shattered in his eyes. That's what I'm saying, yes. dude. And they just act like, and I'm not saying it's right. But it's not like people are going and acting on these things. I'm not saying like, oh, go kill all these fucking sports players you don't like. I'm just saying the it, it's just natural. It's like sports hate. It's not real. Yeah. But you just want to see this shit. Like you want to see something bad happen to a guy that you hate on the opposing team. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Be yourself, people. Fuck everybody. Torn ACLs. Dead bodies on the field. All fucking day. Bring the XFL back. Mike, do you have anything to say about any of those fucking players that I mentioned before? Well, first, I want to start with uh, the Monday Night Football announcers because I saw something on Twitter, yes. and I know you would appreciate this, and I know this will piss off some people. So they uh, the tweet said, question, name three people who would be better Monday Night Football announcers. Answer, Helen Keller, Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles. <laughs> it's so true, dude, dude. I lost my shit when I saw that. It is true. They're horrible. And to be honest, when I'm watching Monday Night Football, you know, I have two kids. I put them into bed. I put the game on in my bedroom. And I usually try to mute the TV because I know it's going to be horrible. I just want to watch football. I just want to enjoy football. I don't want to hear these dickheads talking and making up nicknames and like touching each other. I, I just I don't want to hear it. So that that's how I feel about that. Um, but yeah, Big Ben, horrible. Uh, averaged five point. He's averaging five point seven yards per attempt, and that puts him, I believe, like twenty fifth in the league for average yards per attempt. Like that's really bad, dude. You're 40 years old. Hang it the fuck up. You're terrible, Daniel Jones. I, so I'm gonna give a little. I'm gonna give Daniel Jones and Mike Williams a little credit right here. I know you took the respect off their name, but more Mike Williams. You know, because he was dealing with an injury. He came out of the game for a bit. He only played like 20 snaps. So I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt right there, just because I shitted on him like my entire life of knowing who Mike Williams was. So. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I have. And he deserved it for the most part. And this year, all oh, of yeah. a sudden, you know, um, he wants to be like, you know, a first round pick like he was. But uh, Daniel Jones, too. Um, like, I can't believe I think Joe Judge should have some respect taking off his name, too, uh, oh, yeah. because of the job. You know, he's done there. It's horrible. You have all these playmakers and all these players there. I know guys are getting hurt and shit, too. But Joe Judge also, he left Daniel Jones in the game, like, really late. And, like, he was getting lit up. Like, the guy just had a – like, he came back from a concussion. Like, we weren't even sure if this guy was going to play this week. And he's out there at the end of the game, and he's getting, like, you know, torn the fuck up. Like, wh- what are we doing? He's, like, getting – he's getting murdered, and you're keeping this guy out there. Like, I, 
you know who your backup quarterback is, right? Mike Glennon. He sucks. Like, you really want to see Mike Glennon for the whole fucking year? I just, I didn't understand that. Like, did he think there was, uh, like, some miraculous comeback going to happen at the Meadowlands? No. I mean, he's done, bro. He's done. Yeah, so. Judge is done. And then, yeah, Gaskins, like, you deemed him droppable the week before. Then he went yeah. off. Everyone's rushing to get him back. And he just showed us his true colors. Like, you just, you can't trust him. Um, even if like he pops up again, like, I don't know, like five weeks down the road and he has like eight catches and like two touchdowns again, like, how can you trust that guy? You just can't. So I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, but yeah, I can't believe, um, you know, you want people to get hurt. I would never think that way. I mean, I genuinely do. I I can't help it. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure people will fucking cry, but it is what it is. But Mike Williams, I want to be clear. I do like him um, still long-term. I'm, I'm a Mike Williams fan. Like I think he's good, but when we get those fat Mike weeks, bro, it's out there, man. Like he gets slow. He's not as quick. So he can definitely be fat Mike. So watch for the fat Mikes. Um, All right, Mike, speaking of injuries, let's touch on the injuries real quick before we look at week seven. Now, this is one that popped up on Friday and me and I was more confused. You cleared it up for me, but I because I I'm thinking. I mean, me and Mike are both huge baseball fans too, as well. Um, you know, we would do a lot of fantasy baseball content too, even though we'd probably have to quit our jobs for that <laughs> shit. Um, but uh, you know, I when Christian McCaffrey got put on the short term IR on Friday, and I know that's for like at, at a minimum of three weeks. I thought they were, oh, just going to like backdate it to when he was hurt, um, when he was hurt a couple weeks ago and like he would maybe be back next week because all the reports were good. Oh, he's on track to play. He's on track to play because their stupid fucking coach always has this dumb shit all the time. Every fucking year now with CMC makes it seem like he's going to play. He's going to play and then he's out for another month. So my question to you is Mike, CMC is out till week nine at the earliest. Chubba Hubba Hubbard has been looking good. I want to look up his stats real quick because that's the handcuff every CMC owner should have went for. Um, Chubba Hubbard, the last two weeks, put up solid RB2 numbers. Last week he had um, 16 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. Um, And the week before that he had 24 carries for 101 yards. No touchdowns, but he had five catches on six targets for 33 yards. Um, so, Mike, do you think Chubba Hubbard is still the guy moving forward? Can he keep filling in for the next couple weeks? And um, granted, they play the Giants this week, then Atlanta, then um, CMC. We could see him back for the New England game. But for the next two weeks, I like that. And I do think Chubba Hubbard is the guy moving forward. Do you think he's worth it to maybe go trade for like, what is your, what are your thoughts overall on this situation? Well, man, it's really, um, it's really confusing, man. It's tough right now because, uh, with McCaffrey out, like it's just like a replay of exactly what happened last year. like having deja vu, you know, McCaffrey looks like he's going to come back. He got, he got hurt. I believe like three different instances last year. And now the same thing's happening again. Like this is a different injury with him. So, um, I, I, it's hard to say to go out and and trade for Hubbard because, you know, you would think that eventually McCaffrey's going to get healthy, but I don't know, man. I mean, you're looking at the lineup, though. Like you said, he's got the Giants, his schedule, the Giants next week, got the Falcons the week after, and he's got some, you know, great matchups long-term after that, Cardinals, 
uh, foot, Washington football team, Dolphins, Atlanta, like it just, it goes on. I'm, once it comes to the playoffs though, that's, that's what worries me a little bit with Hubbard because mm-hmm. he's got the bills, he's got the bucks and the saints. So I don't know if I would necessarily say go out there and trade for him because it could be risky. You know, at the, at the end of the day, you want to assume that McCaffrey's going to come back. I just don't know. And it's funny because we've been getting a lot of uh, tweets and mostly DMs about, you know, you got we got a lot of people out there and they're asking me, should I trade uh, Jamar Chase and someone else for uh, McCaffrey? You know, my team's doing well right now. Should I go out there and try to trade from right now? And I'm I'm. Call me crazy, but I'm just hesitant just because we've seen it with McCaffrey before. He's having trouble getting healthy. And um, I, I, it just uh, it's a tough situation there right now. Um, but obviously, this is great news if you have Hubbard on your on your team. Like this is why you handcuff your like your top overall running backs. Like, you know, I can't I can't express that enough. Like with Dalvin Cook, we know Alexander Madison's a very good running back, but he's held back because of Dalvin cook. Well, when you, if you're drafting a running back in the first round, you, you better bet your ass that you're drafting his backup for reasons like this. So if you have McCaffrey, I hope you have Hubbard. Um, I wouldn't necessarily go out there and try to trade for Hubbard though. I, I just wouldn't because you know, you know, Christian McCaffrey's leaning right over his shoulder. If you, if you have Chubba Hubbard and you're not the CMC owner I and you haven't done this by now, um, because a lot of these we- leagues are weird, man. And, you know, sometimes people hold these guys. It, it can just be weird. So I trade him to the CMC owner and see if you can get like, a, I mean, obviously running back, a running back back is going to be out of the question because already down CMC. But see if you can get like a, you know, solid wide receiver too, because I do think, you know, make him make him sweat it out, make him pay a little bit of a premium because, you know, you got him where you right where you want him. Um, Mike, does CMC fall out of the top three next year? Dude, that's tough, man. I would say, I mean, if he comes back and, you know, what's he have two more weeks? He's going to be out. If he comes back that next week, plays the rest of the season, I, was, I would say, yeah, not number one overall, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think honestly, right now it depends if he doesn't play at it all does this depend, year. Because yeah. I think I think he had a setback on Friday. Like everything looked good, and I know, um, you know, what the fuck? His name escapes me right now. Who's the coach? Matt in, um, Matt Rule still on that college bullshit. Um, you know, saying that not giving the full story on on the injuries and stuff, but everything, it wasn't even just Matt rule. Like reporters were saying that CMC looked good. And then I think he had another setback on Friday. So this might be a recurring like hamstring thing with him. Um, if he doesn't play all year, obviously he's out of the top three. I think he's still out of the top three, no matter what, because how are you going to tell me? I mean, I know we're only in week six, but how are you going to tell me next year's draft? Let's say this season ended today you're taking CMC over Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, or even Jonathan Taylor. I, I, I don't see how you do it at all. So, um, you know, we'll see. That's that's a long way to go. But, Mike, next up we got – and this is a big one. I think this is something that a lot of people are going to be um, to, like tuning into the podcast to hear us talk about. The Browns running back situation. The Browns situation in general is a fucking disaster. They said Chubb was out for – 
another week, but he's not going on the IR. He could be back week eight, it looks mm-hmm. like. They have a late bye week. I think it's like week 13. Um, so there's no bye to come off. Hunt is out at least three weeks. I don't think we see Kareem Hunt for the rest of the year. I got to say, I think they're going to milk it, milk it. They're already talking about how they might put him on the long-term IR. They don't know yet. They both have calf injuries. These these calf injuries are tough. Like no matter what, even if you like just being a regular person, if you like pulled a calf muscle or just got a Charlie horse, like you're fucked for a couple weeks as it is. Now imagine being like a fucking athlete, you know? So Mike, the big question here is with Chubb and Hunt out, and I do think Chubb's going to come back in week eight, guys. He's still the number two leading rusher in the NFL and he missed a game. I I know this isn't, this hasn't been a lot, um, what you, a lot of Chubb drafters expected, but with hunt out now, I do think if Chubb can return healthy, I think this could be, we could see him go to another level. Mike, do Ernest Johnson or Felton, what are we thinking? Are we starting either one of them? Do you like one or the other because I'm kind of at this point people are asking us man and I still have that bad taste in my mouth from DeErnest last year when he was supposed to be the guy after Chubb went down and it didn't really work out I'm leaning Felton or just rolling the dice what do you think yeah it's tough I mean DeErnest Johnson should be the main ball carrier and Felton more out of the backfield uh, I'm, I'm moving forward I would probably say I would rather roster DeErnest Johnson for that reason, because of volume, but this week I might, I might be leaning Felton just because they're playing the Broncos defense and they're going to, I feel like they're just going to stuff, stuff the box. They're going to put pressure on the quarterback, whoever the quarterback's going to be. Now let's not forget Baker Mayfield. He met with a shoulder specialist to get a second opinion uh, on his MRI. Like, dude, I don't know if you've seen it, but like the whole Cleveland Browns offense is hurt. Like both both starting tackles are hurt. Odell Beckham, uh, his shoulder. I don't know if you saw him. He's hurt. Uh, Jarvis Landry. I don't think he's coming back yet. Like their whole offense is hurt. Like you, you can't start anybody on the Cleveland Browns and like feel comfortable. Like, don't give me that Donovan People Jones crap. But like, you're gonna feel confident putting them in the lineup. Like, I don't even know who the court, the backup quarterback. Oh, it's a uh, Case Keenum. Um, Case Keenum, bro, Houston. Legend, oh yeah, my dude. man. Forgive me, Case. You put respect on Case. No, don't put respect on his name. But. If, um, you know, if Chubb does miss an extended period of time and Hunt obviously is going to miss, you know, it looks like at minimum, they said like four weeks or something at minimum. Yeah. Um, If I if I need a guy for a couple of weeks, I'm going to go with Uranus Johnson. Felton, they, it doesn't seem like he's much of a ball carrier. I don't know much about him. Like he's like I said, he's more of a pass catcher. But against the Broncos, I, I might be leaning Felton this way because. I just think the Broncos are gonna stuff the fucking box. Um, they're gonna they're gonna blitz the hell out of uh, Baker Mayfield or whoever the quarterback is, and just gonna it's just gonna be constant pressure um, against them. If you're a gambling person, I mean Broncos money line all day. Mm-hmm. I would I would even tease it to like a fucking touchdown. I feel like the Broncos because of the reasons Mike said. Um, this is just a classic game where. They're just going to fucking shit down the Browns' throat. I mean, Baker can be hurt all he wants, but Baker Mayfield fucking sucks, dude. He's not consistent. Well, I'm reading right here. He expects to play Thursday night, but like his, sho- his shoulder has been right. fucked up. Cool, um, dude. His, he's hurt his shoulder a couple times this year. I don't know exactly what the injury is, um, but. And like you said, he's, he doesn't have anybody to throw to anyway. Yeah. And 
he's just a fuck like he's so he's not consistent. Remember we were talking he's about really- Cleveland as like the, you know, potential AFC like, you know, contestant in the Super Bowl and stuff. What a fucking joke. Like I didn't like it. I remember we talked about it because it was a popular pick, mm-hmm. um especially like gambling purposes. I think at one point they were like plus 1200 and a lot of people were liking them, but dude, Baker's not consistent. The defense is is good. Don't get me wrong, but like they can still like Miles Garrett is best player in the NFL. Maybe if you want to say TJ Watt, okay, like they're one A one B. But like, dude, the Browns fucking suck. And like, if anything, you better fucking pray that Nick Chubb comes back. I think he's a lot closer than they're making it seem. I think if this game was on Sunday, we would maybe see Chubb. I just don't think they want to fuck with it. Um, you know, they're three and three now, but dude, I'm staying away. I'm fading all these Browns. If you have to, if you have no other option, go ahead, go put in a waiver claim on Johnson, go put some fab money on them. But, um, you know, don't put crazy amounts. Don't go nuts. Don't blow the first overall claim on this shit because, you know, that, that I just don't see it. I, I don't see it. I don't see the appeal. And if Chubb comes back next week, you know, it, it's going to be a waste. So, yeah. um, all right, Mike, we uh, last for the injuries. We got Dak Prescott and his hamstring injury. It's the same leg that he fucked up last year. They do have the bye week. He's saying it's no big deal, but Mike, without Dak, we saw it. I mean, this is just a totally different offense. They go from arguably one of the best teams in the NFL, maybe even the best team in the NFC to fucking garbage town. So what are you thinking about Dak? You think he plays in week, what would that be? Week nine? Uh, week eight, right? Because this eight. is week seven. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, McCarthy is saying, you know, they're optimistic about it. Obviously, it's not a tear in his calf. They're optimistic. To me, though, that doesn't mean shit because, like you said, without Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott, they're dog shit. So there's no reason to force him out there if there's any discomfort. You don't want to further risk any more injury. Um, so I, I personally wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play week eight again. They're, I mean, they've been very hot. You know, um, I'm not sure exactly where they are right now. First place, how many games up they are. So I don't know if they really need to push it. It's not like they're, you know, behind the curve right now. But um, yeah, we've seen the row without Dak. It's ugly. Um, the only difference now this year is their offensive line is healthy compared to last year. Uh, um, what's his name uh, is coming back from suspension. Um, uh, fuck, what the, what the hell is his name? The offensive lineman for them. Um, Collins, Collins is coming back from uh, his five game suspension for the Cowboys. Tyron Smith, he got hurt during the game, but he he missed a little time in the Dallas this past Dallas game, but he's still there. Zach Martin's there. They have a very good offensive line still, so it's not like last year. Um, if Dak does miss time, I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable about Zeke and even uh, Tony Pollard just because of you know the health of their offensive line right now. But man, you bet you. If you if you own Amari Cooper, Ceedee Lamb, even Dalton Schultz, uh, I would be kind of shitting my pants a little bit because we saw <laughs> the production from them last year with, and that was with Andy Dalton as a quarterback. Andy Dalton's not on the team no more. Clearly, he's on Chicago. Your backup quarterback is Cooper Rush, who has three career passes in his NFL career. That's very yeah. scary, and you'll start to see, you know. If we get to that point, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, luck, luckily, if they're in the wide receiver, like two category, um, it's it's going to be ugly. We saw the sample size. It was large last year without Dak. So, 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Dak sits out week eight if they just want to play it safe. Um, but like, you know, they said they're optimistic that he's going to play and it's not too serious, but we'll see. I mean, he, he was limping around. It was clear as day that he was in pain at the end of that game. A couple hours ago, they got the results of his MRI and it's a strained yes. calf, which is the same injury that um, Nick Chubb is going through mm-hmm. right now. Now it's worse for a running back, you'd think, because they're, you know, obviously running on it, yes. but it's the same leg that. Dak like plants on to throw. Yep. So keep that in mind. Everything Mike said was correct as far as the wide receivers kind of forget about it, dude. I mean, we saw C- if Dak played last year, CD Lamb would have won rookie of the year, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, Amari Cooper wouldn't have faded off to irrelevancy. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Play it by ear. Thank God they got the bye week and we'll see come Halloween if they're, uh, ready to go with it, but we'll see that that's the injury report for now. Um, there's no other major injuries really, obviously besides like Mike covered last week, Russell Wilson, he's still out. Um, you know, we saw that fucking offense. That's a whole other story. We'll get to a little bit later and start or sit. Um, but Mike, what are we looking for? What's the thing we're looking forward to in week seven? We each got one this week. What do you think? Well, I'm going to talk about one of my, uh, you know, old school favorite offenses, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. You know how much I've, uh, yeah, Boy. you know me with those Atlanta Falcons, dude. And it's been a while since I could say, you know, some good things about them. And, uh, you know, they're coming off a bye, but man, the Falcons offense is kind of finding their groove, Sean. Uh, and I know, I know it took a little bit, uh, took a little bit, but they found a groove. Obviously, they had, they had a bye week last week, so we haven't really talked about them. And I want to touch on them because there's a couple things that we need to we need to discuss when we're talking about the Falcons moving forward this week. And um, number one is Matt Ryan, and he's begun to put up like Matt Ryan like numbers, and he did that against the Jets in London, Sean's favorite place to play football, without his top two wide receivers. And I mean, you could count. Pitts as a wide receiver you want, but he's labeled tight end, whatever. He didn't have Russell Gage and he didn't have uh, Calvin Ridley. So speaking of Ridley, this is the guy that we need to to discuss mostly about. This is the reason why I wanted to talk about um, the Falcons is because Calvin Ridley is, you know, he's seen practicing. I mean, something happened. I still don't know exactly what it was. Personal reasons why he didn't travel to London to play against the Jets. I don't know what it is. Maybe someone else can enlighten me. I don't think anyone really knows. But needless to say, he's back. He's coming back. He's going to be playing. And this is a guy who we need to be playing because if you have Calvin Ridley on the team, on your team, that means you spent a second round or a third round pick on him. And he hasn't really shown to be a second round or third round pick. So the offense, you know, it's been impressive lately. And this part of the schedule that they're starting to um, face right now is very favorable. They got the Dolphins, struggling Dolphins right now. And then they're playing the Panthers, who, you know, their defense has been good, but it seems like it's starting to, you know, um, not look as dominant as it once was early on. I mean, you know, we've seen Patterson lining up. Pitts, is, your boy Pitts, is starting to fucking look good. He's starting to get in the groove. Fine, yeah, finally. Um, and Matt Ryan, too. I mean, his numbers have been great. Uh, I got right here. 868 yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions, and while completing 69% of his passes over the last three games. we got to start giving Arthur uh, Arthur Smith some credit now. He was getting a lot of criticism early on, but they scored um, over 55 points the last two games. They're starting to come into a groove, it looks like, Atlanta. It's starting to look like you know an uh, uh, effective offensive team. 
Calvin Ridley. What do we think about Calvin Ridley? Is he going to come in and is he going to, you know, get, you know, the, light a little fire under his ass? Is he going to look, um, you know, like the Calvin Ridley that we were all expecting? Um, because like I said, Atlanta's starting to look good. What do you think about Calvin Ridley moving forward? And how do you feel about the Falcons offense? Of course, dude. I mean, I, so if you subscribe to us on Patreon, I did a solo podcast a couple weeks ago, which will never be released because all of our content that we host on Patreon is exclusively Exclusive. for um, patrons. But I said Ridley was my number one guy to go get. And of course, it came out that he needed to miss a game for personal reasons. I don't know if it's family shit. I haven't really seen anything about it, but he's back at practice. Um, I've been saying this for a while. They're implementing a new offense, okay? They're implementing Arthur Smith's entire new offense. I know football is football, but, I mean, these guys scheme shit different, differently. It's it, X's and O's are different than what they have been used to for a while. So we've seen flashes of it with Ridley. We've seen flashes of it with Pitts. Pitts is a perfect example. We saw that it was there. The targets were – as long as the target share is still there, then we know that these guys are still – going they have the potential to break out um you know mike davis cordell patterson we saw davis find the end zone versus the jets in london last week that was really encouraging but as far as ridley goes man i mean yeah of course like it's fucking calvin ridley he's going to be fine i mean maybe this is a throwaway year and we're wrong about him but i don't know honestly why we would be um i'm looking at it right now He's had double-digit targets all three out of the four games he's played. He had eight targets in week one, 10 in week two, 11 in week three, and 13 in um, week four. That it, it's going to it's it's going to work out like it's going to the other the bottom's going to fall out at a certain point and this guy's going to find the end zone uh, something's got to give you know what i'm saying so i like ridley i would go get him if you can i've been seeing crazy trades for ridley bro crazy yep, yep. trades like people just throwing him in giving him away like go be that guy go get him i've been trying to get him in every fucking league dude every league because people and rightfully so so much like A.J. Brown, where people were done with them, they drafted them early and they dug themselves a, a hole. That's why it's tough taking these wide receivers that aren't named Devontae Adams so early. Um, you know, they they wanted to do something. And much like A.J. Brown did last night against um, the Bills, even though he didn't score a touchdown, he showed that he, you know, is on the come up. I think we're going to see that for Ridley this week against who are who are the Falcons playing? They're playing Falcons. Miami. Oh my God! Yeah, that's what yes. I'm saying. And I he's coming that. into a part of the schedule. He's facing some, you know, defenses that you want to face. Uh, I mean, you know, I told you the Dolphins uh, this week and the Panthers eight week eight Saints week nine is tough. But then you got Dallas after that. A couple weeks after you got Jacksonville, Tampa Bay. Like this is why you drafted Calvin Ridley. The production that you're going to get from these games moving forward. His yardage hasn't been there, but like Sean said, the targets are there, and that's all you can ask for. And a lot of people were worried. Oh, well, Julio Jones isn't there. We've told you multiple times before the season when Calvin Ridley was in the lineup and Julio wasn't last year when he was injured, Calvin Ridley produced as a wide receiver one. It's going to happen, folks. Yep. Sean, you hit it on the head. Um, these guys in this offense, it's going to take some time getting comfortable in and it's happening, you know, quicker than 
some people expected. Another thing I just want to touch on real quick, one of the biggest improvements that they've made on the offense from week one to now is their offensive line. They struggled mightily the first week of the season. They gave up a ton of sacks, a ton of uh, quarterback pressures. uh, The Eagles did against them. And now we're at a point where in the last two weeks, they've given up just one sack and that's against, I mean, Washington football team sucks, but against the jets too, who his defensive line has been, you know, playing relatively well. So their offensive lines playing better. It's given Matt Ryan more time to be laxed in the pocket and, you know, the offense is just starting to come together and I want to bring everyone, have everyone aware of that. Yeah, man. I mean, especially like, obviously we suck Ridley's dick enough in this segment, but those running backs too, bro, Patterson and Davis, I still think we haven't seen the ceiling for Davis again. The volume's there. He He's more involved in the yep. game plan than Patterson in a lot of ways. But put some fucking respect on Cordell Patterson's name, too. Absolutely. Like, what else? I tweeted it before the London game, Mike. What else do you need this guy to do? Like, I, I and then he didn't, I don't think he scored a touchdown, but he had like a bunch of, like, he was still like a running back, too, for that game. Oh, he was like, a he target monster. He had his most carries that game that he's had. He, do- he doubled uh, his carries he his highs before that game was seven and then he he had 14 carries that game it's just crazy because he's been around for like a long time now and he's finally found a home now that he could be utilized with his skill set um you know as a pass catcher i mean he was he's been like a special teams kind of guy for so many years now and all of a sudden he's fucking relevant there i, I mean i love it personally and i don't know i i just I like the, I don't like, you know, what's happening with Mike Davis. I mean, you know, I thought that we would see a better Mike Davis than this, but he is being utilized as the lead back and he's being utilized out of the backfield as a pass catcher as well. I mean, he's getting his, he's getting his targets as well. So I just expected a little better. That's what I'm saying, man. Well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. And as I'm on the uh, DraftKings app, I love the Falcons, Falcons money line I like, but they're, uh, only a two and a half point favorite. I know that's probably because they're in Miami, but dude, I I know Miami. They scored a lot versus um, the Jaguars in London last week. Even though I didn't watch the game, um, you know, but still, dude, I, I like the Falcons a lot in this game, especially the running backs. Mike, I, real quick before we get to what I'm looking forward to, is there something I'm missing here? The fucking Broncos are getting three and a half points. Is that just because they're in Cleveland? You think? Like, I don't, I don't get that. They're getting three and a half points, maybe because they're maybe because they're yeah. their defense. I, I don't know. I, I, I well, I'm driving to fucking <laughs> Connecticut tomorrow and putting like a hundred dollars on money line because this shit is fucking crazy. Maybe there's something that we don't know yet. I don't know. Vegas knows what they're doing. That's maybe all I know. Oh yeah, please trust me. They really fucking do. Trust me. Fucking, uh, I could have won twelve hundred last night if the fucking Bills just covered. <laughs> and of course, they had to shit their pants. But that's all their story. Um, all right. What I'm looking forward to the most for Week Seven, Mike, fantasy wise, um, the Raiders running back situation. Now, the whole thing with fucking John Gruden. We could put a whole another podcast talking about that shit. We might have to put it behind the fucking paywall yeah, for, for fuck's sake. But, um, you know, with the, with the Raiders running back situation, we saw Drake. So he didn't really, he made, he had the same amount of opportunity, but he made 
more of it. So last week we saw him four. He had four carries for 34 yards and a touchdown. And he only had two targets, but he caught both of them for 39 yards and a touchdown. Then we had my boy, Josh Jacobs. 16 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. Mike, he had one catch for 29 uh-huh. yards. Oh my God. Both finished. I know, right? But the guy the guy with fucking butterfingers, I'm surprised he even caught that. Um, both put up pretty solid high-end RB2 numbers. Drake a little low RB2, or excuse me, low RB1 numbers, depending on your scoring format. But Mike, what are you thinking for week seven? The Raiders are playing. Let me see. I think they're Raiders playing the Eagles. The e- yeah. They got the Eagles at home in yeah. Vegas. Um, I like both of them this week. I would still take Jacobs because I like I like that um, carry share. It's not like they're really targeting Drake a lot out of the backfield. Um, you know, he only got one more target than. Um, Jacob did. Jacobs looks good for back from his injury. I know you made a trade for him in another league. So not to focus totally on Jacob, because if you do like Drake, cool. But what are we thinking here for the future of the Raiders backfield? Well, it's interesting because I remember talking about Drake with you and you said like he's, you know, before the season, he's not a factor at all. And I don't know. I, I I kind of felt like he could be somewhat of a fantasy factor because his pass catching abilities and because I haven't liked what I've seen out of Josh Jacobs. He's kind of been like an ineffective runner, um, especially I think on the season he's averaging like 3.2 yards a carry or something terrible. But you know what? He makes his money with his touchdowns too. Um, he's clearly the lead back still. I mean, you know, Drake got his usage, but Jacobs had 16 carries to Drake's four. So um, and, and Jacobs is obviously the goal line back. I still like Jacobs here over Drake. I think Drake has some value, but like you say, you're talking about his schedule with the Eagles this week after the Eagles he's got the giants, uh, he's got the chiefs. He's got some pretty nice matchups, but I'm, I'm looking down the road, Sean, and he has, a, there's some tough playoff matchups there between the Browns and the Broncos. Um, and then the championship, he has the Colts, which is a little bit easier, but, um, I think, um, I think it's a good time to go out and get Drake now. It's interesting that Drake kind of had his coming out ceremony when um the John Gruden's gone. Like his first first game without John John Gruden on the uh, as the coach. It's interesting that Kenyon Drake's usage um was shown more in this game. I don't know. Was that was that like a nice play on words, like his coming you like, out? You like what party? I did there? But um just <laughs> I was going to say, it was so good. I don't nah. think you meant to do um, it. But yeah, so I, I still like Josh Jacobs there as the lead back, but I definitely think there's some value there with Kenyon Drake. I think they should you know, keep looking and looking at him moving forward as a pass catcher back, third down back over there. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I like, I'm still not crazy about Drake. I don't think he's really... He's not you know, over. He's not gonna, uh, you know, step in and fill Josh Jacobs' shoes and be like a twenty carry kind of running back each game. Not at all. I don't see that happening at all. Um, yeah, and I think he's more if Jake. He's um, he's the hunt to Jacobs Chubb. You know what I mean? That same yeah. type of deal. I mean, like that's, where we're that's gonna see too much credit. I think, but. I, I mean, I think we might see it. Like Hunt's definitely a better player, but I do think, you know, I mean, what did uh, Drake didn't really get much more opportunity 
with, I think he just made more yes. of it. Like I said, he only had two targets, um, four catches. And against a tricky Denver defense, yes. I mean, in half, yes. P- in half PPR, he got 19 points. Mm-hmm. Um, in full PPR, he got um, 20. So, I mean, it, it's not that much of a difference. But, you know, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think, dude, if, if Kenyon Drake honestly is in my flex, especially in a two-flex um, league, Every week, is it really the end of the world? No, I mean, I don't think so. Um, I you probably yeah. have better options out there, but it's not a terrible option to have, I think, especially in this Raiders offense. I think they were starting to come back down to earth, but they just put up 34 points against a, ver- a very good defense. I think you both and I would agree, you and I would agree on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see. The Raiders' offense in general is weird, dude. Like, like with Henry Ruggs coming out, um, you know, Waller finally coming out. He he, yeah, coming out. Waller ended. I think he got over a hundred yards finally for the first time in a while. So, I, it's going to be interesting to see that. With him. No, Waller, he did yeah. not. He's not. He had fifty nine yards. He's been so disappointing. Did he have 59 or maybe he just like came out hot, but let's look at Darren Waller, man. Oh, he's quick. been because so, he's kind of, I yeah, mean, you right. drafted Waller as probably a second round pick, maybe third round pick. He, he has been so disappointing. I know he's still, he's like a top five tight end, but he's where you drafted him. He should be putting up basically Travis Kelsey numbers. Let's be serious. I mean, I've, but it's it just, I think teams are, you know, targeting him. Defenses are, you know, zoning in on him. That first week of the season, I remember he had like close to 20 targets or something that game, and he dominated. And ever since then, it's just like, you know, subpar games, like, you know, four catches here, five catches there. And uh, let me see. I got his numbers right here. He's never, he hasn't been over 65 yards once. He has one touchdown the past five weeks. He's been, he's been hurting your team. If you have Darren Wall on your team, he's absolutely been hurting you because you spent the high pick on him. The most frustrating thing about him is like, you know, Waller owners like had their cock out after week one with 19 targets. And then he hasn't gotten more than eight yeah, since yeah. then. They were ready, it's bro. Crazy. They're like, oh, it's I told crazy. you so. Darren Waller, early tight end pick. No, wrong again. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap up our start or sits, I want to give a official shout out to all of our patrons um let's run it down real quick make sure you go ahead and subscribe um at patreon.com backslash grand central fantasy you can you get the link right on our twitter bio it's right there you already know but shout out our guy our um guy dylan huey we got ren montooth new subscriber um terrence <laughs> Hughes FOE. I love this guy on Twitter, but bro, I, I need to know your your real. If you're listening to this, bro, DM us. Let us know your real name because I can't call you Shoes FOE uh, every single week. We got my guy Sterling. We got my guy Elijah. Mike Williams, not Fat Mike, to be clear. We got our guy Brandon. We got um Christian. We got Joey. We got my guy Friday. Jared the Goat. Cody, one of our guys, Jerry McDermott, the fucking legend, baby. Um, Dozier, and finally, last but not least, our number one follower, Jake. And for all of you that are in the GCF God tier, that's only a couple of you, Jake, Edgar, and our guy Friday, 
DM me your mailing address because we have official GCF merch, our first pieces of merch that we've ever produced. We want to send you some for free. Make sure when you listen to this, get me your address in the DM as soon as you can. Those are the type of benefits you get when you sign up with us at the Grand Central Fantasy Patreon. Mike, let's hop right into the starter sits. Are yeah, you ready? Let's do it, man. All right, let's bring it home. Mike, we could do a whole podcast on our guy right here. And honestly, maybe we'll have a bit of an extended segment next week, depending on this game, because this is a big one. Allen Robinson at Tampa Bay. You starting or sitting? This this is like really hard, Sean. This one's really hard for me because, you know, that ass Allen Robinson's like my cousin. Um, But I'm going to sit him this week. I know it's like a great matchup for him, but it's just, it's not even him. It's Justin Fields, man. It looks like Fields has uh, a favorite target in uh, Darnell Mooney. So I don't know, man. I got to start seeing Allen Robinson put up more numbers. Um, if it's like a two flex league, yeah, I'll put him out there. But I- I'm going to I'm gonna sit him this week, guys. I'm sorry. I'm starting him because if there's a week to get it going, it's going to be this week. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the Buccaneers, the shit out of the Bears, um, you know, the – Bucks secondary, like I fucking said right before our pod, before the Thursday game in week one, there's no great defenses. Everybody's hyping up the fucking Bucks defense like they were the steel curtain, and they're giving up yards like crazy. Start Allen, Allen Robinson as well as Mooney. Um, you know, just this is try to stay calm. A Rob owners, you, I know you drafted him high. Mike's right. If you probably plugged him in the flex at this point, but. I do think we're going to steer – he's going to steer the ship right back to where it needs to be. Mike, next up we got Sterling Shepard versus Carolina. Heavy, heavy targets last week. I'm starting him, but I'm not that confident. I'm starting him, and I'm expecting some mid to high-end flex numbers. What are you thinking with Sterling Shepard? I'm starting him as well. He's he's clearly Daniel Jones' favorite target, it seems like. Uh, and he he gets so many targets like every week this year. It's been crazy when he's healthy. And that's one of the other factors. Tony's not going to play this week. Galladay's out. All these receivers are hurt. All these players are hurt. I'm I'm starting Sterling Shepard. I know the matchup isn't ideal, but it, I think he could still be very valuable this week. Start him. Next up, same game, same team, Devonta Booker, running back versus Carolina. 12 carries for 41 yards last week, Mike. Um, Similar numbers to the week before with 16 carries for 42 yards, but he did get that touchdown versus Dallas. I mean, it's clearly he's going to be a – you know, touchdown dependent running back, but are you starting him? Because I am going the opposite direction. I think if you have Devonte Booker, you most likely have to start him because you have injuries. But if you don't have to, I really wouldn't. Um, the Giants are going to be down in this game. I think. I think this is going to be another blowout. Um, that, you know, unless Daniel Jones looks totally different than he did last week i i just don't see them really running the ball a lot what do you i'm say? starting them too these are legit the only giants i would start but i'm starting them based on the facts of he's gonna get the volume as a running back um the rams is very tough defense he faced last week but he still had somewhat of a fantasy impact because he he could catch the ball out of the backfield 
So he's going to get the volume. He's going to have, I mean, at minimum 10 carries, but he's, he should have a lot more than that. And he's going to get you a couple passes in a PPR league. I'm definitely starting him. I'm not, I'm not super confident with him. Right. Don't get me wrong, but I'll give him like a low end running back two range. I don't love either of these guys, but honestly, if you guys been listening to us or if this is your first time listening, thank you for listening. But with the starter sits, it's never going to be a guy that, you know, oh, starter sit Mahomes or uh, Dalvin Cook. These are going to be toss-up guys. They're going to be close guys. They're going to be like your flex plays, guys that you actually need to know if you need to start or sit. Um, T. Higgins at Baltimore, Mike. We haven't really seen him reach his potential since coming back from the injury. Um, what do you think? I mean, the Baltimore defense, we really saw what they could do um, last week against the Chargers. They shut the entire fucking team down. Um, what are you thinking about Higgins this week? Because I still don't feel crazy comfortable with starting him after missing two weeks. He's kind of put up duds the last two weeks. It hasn't really done anything after, you know, finding the ends on the first two weeks of the season. So I'm starting him. Uh, I know Joe Burrow and him. Yeah, I'm starting him, man. I mean, you drafted this guy to start him. And like you said before, you know, these last two weeks, he started off the season with some pretty nice numbers. He had uh, a touchdown in each in the, each of those games. One of those games, he had 10 targets. And I think Joe Burrow's comfortable with them too. Obviously, we saw, you know, what they were doing last year before Burrow went down. T. Higgins was like a wide receiver, low-end wide receiver one last year before the injury. But, um, you know, he didn't have a, a lot of targets last week, but he was tied for the most targets on the team last week. So, clearly, Joe Burrow is going to keep going to him. I'm starting him this week at Baltimore. I ain't scared of no Baltimore defense. I've said it before. This ain't your daddy's Baltimore Ravens defense. All right, next up we have, let's see here, Jalen Waddle at home versus Atlanta. He had a really good game last week. A lot of people were bitching at us because we told you to bench him like we have for every yeah. single fucking week. Oh, but don't Outside bring that shit one, up. Okay. Let me, yeah. Right? He had 13 targets, 10 receptions, 70 yards, two touchdowns. This even though the Atlanta defense, they're middle of the road. Uh, I don't think they're, I think they're either really late teens or maybe they're 20 or 21 um, in overall in passing defense. I mean, um, this reeks of a trap game to me. I'm not starting Waddle. I could see him the first two weeks before uh, week four and week five. In week four, he had three catches on four targets for 33 yards. Week five versus Tampa Bay and their terrible secondary, he had two catches on six targets for 31 yards. I think we see a game like that more than the one we saw in Jacksonville. What do you think? I don't know, like? man. Uh, maybe I'm buying into the hype. I do like Jalen Waddle a lot. I hate Tua. He sucks. I don't give a fuck that he looked somewhat Ooh. halfway decent last week. It's just not going to continue. I'm going to flex him this. It's not. Consistent. I'm going to flex him this week. Um, you know, obviously he shined last week, and I was just, I was I said don't start him because because of Tua, and you know we saw what happened. But I know he's got a pretty you know tough matchup as well. Uh, um, Terrell Davis, I believe, is uh, guarding him. Um, but he's going to get his targets. Parker was hurt last week. I don't know how healthy he is. And Sean, what the hell happened to Will Fuller? I mean, is he even alive? Does he have a pulse? Um, so yeah. Sucks, yeah. Dude. So he sucks. Yeah. He's hurt. I'm, gonna give, him, I'm giving him flex likes. consideration only because, um, the lineup and he's probably the best receiver on the Dolphins. 
All right, next up, Mike, we got McKissick at Green Bay. He's a start for me, but definitely want to temper expectations. It doesn't, I think Gibson's going to miss quite a while, honestly. Um, he underwent an MRI today on his calf. They didn't give us the results um, yet. We'll see. But McKissick had a good game in Gibson's absence. Um, we saw McKissick fill in for Gibson last year and it didn't really work. Um, hopefully we see him get a lot more play in the receiving game. I mean, he, he's going to be that offensive line overall is better than it was last year. So I do think we could see McKissick, you know, do something. I'm starting him as a flex play or low end RB two. How do you feel about McKissick? Yeah, I'm going to see him both. McKissick's kind of like a boomer bus play. Because if he's not catching passes, he's usually going to be irrelevant. But with Gibson hurting clearly, um, bang, you know Gibson's banged up. I think, uh, I think you got to start him. He was featured in the run game eight times, which it might not sound like a lot, but that's a lot for JD McKissick, and he did well with it. I think he had like forty-five yards, uh, which is pretty efficient. So, and also Green Bay, you know, I was looking at the numbers; they're not the best at defending pass catching backs. I think they rank like 11th for receptions allowed. So I'm in the same boat as you. I say low end running back to flex play McKissick start. Him. Mike Davis at Miami, you know, I'm a full go start, but I wanted to put him on the list because there are people out there that either have Cordell Patterson on their team as well, or are worried about starting Mike Davis because of just Cordell Patterson's existence in general. Are you starting Davis? And on a scale of one to ten, how comfortable are you starting? Um, I'm sitting him this week. I know he has a very nice matchup. I'm just worried, man. You know, his, you know, Patterson just keeps trending up, and Davis is trending down. And it's almost like if Mike Davis doesn't score a touchdown, it's basically like he's irrelevant um, in fantasy. So, you know, uh, I'm gonna go out and say that, you know, he's not the worst running back i guess as a low-end running back too but i just don't feel comfortable enough with them just the way that atlanta falcons offense is trending i'm gonna i'm gonna um sit him all right next up we got a guy who you're probably starting because you have to but this week is a little interesting especially after we saw how the offense was going to look with their quarterback missing DK Metcalf versus New Orleans. Tyler Lockett is already a fucking ice cold sit, but Mike, not a good game from DK. What are you thinking about him from this week or and beyond? He's a start for me this week, but I would not be surprised if we start to see slap the sell tag on DK and really try to, you know, find ways to get him out of our fantasy um, lineups. 100% behind that as well. Like you have to start him and I, like I hate to start him at the same time. It's just crazy because he he is a stud, but just with no Russell Wilson, it absolutely kills his fantasy value. But like you drafted him very early for a reason, like you have to put him out there for talent-wise alone. Insert him in your lineup, just suck it up. It's just what you have to do. It's the right thing to do. I mean, Geno Smith doesn't just doesn't have the talent that um, Russell Wilson has, and obviously that's understandable. But the way DK plays the game, like it's you just can't like Wilson's the perfect quarterback Mm -hmm. for him, and Geno is a fucking lost. West Virginia, shout out, out, Um, uh, Mountaineers. 
Never, never forget, bro. What a, what a great year, college football. Um, James Conner, your boy, versus Houston. Um, what do you think in verse for him? I, I've been a start on him over the past couple of weeks. You've been a little don't start him unless you have to. Last week he didn't start, didn't score a touchdown, which was a change considering he scored five within the last three weeks before going into Cleveland. This week he has Houston. He's definitely a start for me. I think he finds the end zone again. I'm all about Connor. Well, what do you first think? of all, watch your mouth because I was on James Connor before anybody. Uh, before the season, I was a big fan of him and you were shitting on him. And you said, this is Chase Edmonds house. James Conner's going to have no fantasy value. Go back to the tapes, folks. It's there. I promise you. Um, So watch your Uh, mouth when you talk about me and James Conner. But I I can't believe his workload, dude. Edmonds um, um, has what? 53 attempts and Conner has like 79, something crazy. It's a great matchup. James Conner's the goal line back. I think he gets a touchdown. He's a must-start for me this week. Watch your fucking mouth when you're talking to the legend. Last but not least, your boy. Speaking of the legend, your boy, Brandon Ayuk, coming off the bye. Does he correct it? Does he get back on track versus Indianapolis? Mike, I only, I only put him in here because – everybody is asking for some reason. I feel like every other question we get on Twitter is about Brandon Ayuk. So what are you thinking? you think he gets right after this, the bye week? This isn't a matter of start or sit. This is a matter of do I keep him on my team or drop him? And you're dropping him. Save yourself the headaches, folks. That's all I got for you. Oh, yeah. He shouldn't even no, be on your roster. So, uh, like, stop asking this question. It's not even. He's I don't want to pin it on him. I don't want to pin it entirely on Brandon Ayu. Oh, you can. I mean, I do. Uh, no, I don't. mean, a big part of it is, but also, I mean, remember Brand- Brandon Ayu had a very good season last year, and now all of a sudden he's irrelevant. They drafted him as a first round pick. I think they fucking ruined the guy, personally. I mean,. Did they ruin him when he like came in a camp out of shape and fucking looks like shit? And like they say, he's like taking plays off and is lazy in practice. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, dude. Brandon A. Truther over drop here. Drop him. <laughs> drop him. Drop, drop him. Drop, drop Monday Night Football announcers. And, uh, Drop Monday Night Football announcers. I hope all these people die. Um, Drag them off the field by their fucking legs. Um, We out, baby.